KXNO, Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Into the 11 o'clock hour, BMW of Des Moines guest list for hour number two. That music means Bama Bob is warming up uh, in the bullpen. He will join us here momentarily. Bottom of the hour from the Athletics, Scott Dockerman. Uh, joins the program. Take a look back at Penn State and Iowa. Uh, Bama, good to talk to you, my friend. Let me click this, get you on the air. Good to talk to you, Bama. How are you? I'm doing better than Kirby Smartest today, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, both of those coaches, Bama, uh, I know you were watching the same time I was because we were texting each other back and forth in the uh, yeah. uh, not cutting time. I mean, Muschamp tried to give it away, uh, then Smart tried to give it back. It was just a, I mean, these guys make millions of dollars to make seemingly decisions from our couch look so elementary, but yet they're not. Um, we'll get into that. We'll get into the SEC in a minute here. I guess your biggest takeaway overall, overall before we go to the uh, Power Five conferences, was what? Was it the Georgia loss? Is that how you remember this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. This is really the first seismic game that we've had this year, you know, that just nobody saw coming. An unranked, you know, two and three South Carolina team down to essentially their third string quarterback because. They lost Bentley early in the season. Holinsky's played well. They lost mm-hmm. him during the game. And you kind of mentioned the back and forth. And the, so this is really the first big seismic, you know, just wow game that we've had. And, it, you know, it, the implications have already started. I mean, it really hurts Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, because Notre Dame, with we've talked about it, only going to have mm-hmm. 12 games. And their best shot was, hey, look, our one loss was to an undefeated SEC champion. Well, that ain't going to happen now. Nope. Still could be an SEC champion, mm-hmm. not going to be undefeated. Um, you know, the Oklahoma-Texas game I thought was really intriguing, and we can get into that one too. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, to me it has to be the, the, you know, Georgia loss because, like I said, that's the first really seismic game that we've had. They went from 3 to 10 yeah. <laughs> uh, after that. There you go. That says it all right there. Well, let's let's yeah. do this. Let's start in the uh, – uh, as we take our uh, wraparound college football, let's start uh, in the ACC. And, you know, your takeaway from this past weekend was, I, I'm guessing, just how much trouble Florida State is in. Or What was your takeaway from the ACC? Did Clemson impress you? Where do you want to go? Well, we talked about it Friday, and, and I, I think we were all in agreement. And, and I, my thought certainly was that Clemson was going to come out. Listen, they've heard all the chatter. You know, oh wow, you know, man, they they don't have any margin for error. They don't play any schedule. You know, they haven't looked that good. What's wrong with Trevor Lawrence? And you know, blah blah blah. And they just came out and hammered a terrible Florida State team, and which which is what they needed to do. And I still think they're on that bubble line, man. They don't. I still don't think they have a lot of margin for error, just because. Listen, beating Florida State was it forty two to fourteen, whatever it was. Florida State is is probably you know, one of the 20 worst power five teams out there right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, but they did what they had to do, you know, 
Trent's Virginia Cavaliers oh, let me down. Was... Um, I mean, how do you score nine points against Miami? And then Miami's celebrating like they just won their <laughs> tenth national championship or something. But and then that whatever the hell Louisville Wake Forest was. I mean, that what was that? One hundred and eleven points. Ton of points. Yep. What I mean, you know, in regulation, but it had to be. You know, it, it was just Clemson. I guess if you want to call it reasserting their dominance, I don't really know that that's the case, but. They did what they had to do, and that's, that's all they can. Was All they can do is beat the crap that's put in front of them, and they did. Uh, Trent, uh, the, the Virginia-Miami, the number was two and a half. And yes. It just seemed like, what is going we on We talked here, about it Friday. Right? It yeah. just stunk. The, the point spread, the number that was out there mm-hmm. from the bookmakers stunk, and because of that, I think we both certainly stayed away from your initial reaction, and that's the way that it went. I was impressed by Louisville. Went back and watched the highlight package, which there was plenty of it. 121 points was the Is final the there. Wow. Wake Forest came roaring back there, but in the end, Louisville got it done. Maybe they got something there in Satterfield. Guy that came in, yeah. did a really good job at Appalachian State after they made the move mm-hmm. from the FCS to the FBS. And he was their, what, at least second choice because yeah. they wanted Braum first and foremost. Four straight years of double-digit wins at Appalachian State. I know you played in the Sun Belt, but still, that's impressive. They might have a coach there in Louisville. We know they'll cut some corners. They'll get some dudes there. Maybe if there's somebody in the future that can push in the ACC, it's Louisville. <laughs> well said. Trent, we'll start with you. Big 12, and uh, I mean, where do you want to go? Uh, I, I think we have to go with Oklahoma. It's something that, Bama, I mentioned at the top. I was still cruising back a little bit on this Oklahoma team. How good they could be. Is this just more of the same? Good offense, bad defense. The defense isn't great by any means, but it's better. And if it's better with what they can do offensively, I at least give them a chance come playoff time if it ends that way. I'm much higher on this Oklahoma team than I was going into the weekend. How about well, you, Bama? I, yeah, I'm, I don't know that I'm any higher on it, and here's why. How, I mean, okay, we all talk about Jalen Hurts, and listen, I mean, we all, story's well documented, putting up huge numbers, all that kind of thing. D.D. Lamb ought to be in the Heisman conversation mm-hmm. because he, he's great. That was some of the worst tackling I have ever seen. How many? What was the one play where they had five Texas defenders around him? Yeah, close to the goal line. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think any one of them touched him. I mean, it was just horrendous tackling. Now, listen, maybe they would have scored anyway, and maybe they would have probably gone on to win. They probably would have. But and you can argue too, his numbers are inflated because he throws a ten-yard slant and Judy or her, you know, whoever takes it eighty yards. I get all that. But man, Lamb has given Hurts a lot of numbers. He's making him put, he's making those passing numbers look really good. And he has improved, but um still not a hundred percent sold on Oklahoma just because there's a lot of other elite teams out there. Hertz had some turnover problems. He made some terrible decisions on the goal line. You know, in the red zone, throw, yeah. Yeah. In the red zone, mm-hmm. you know, an awful throw, a fumble, which, you know, that's gonna happen when you're scrambling a lot as a quarterback, but you know, against a against a really good defense, and Texas is good. They're improving, as you said. Against a really good defense, like he might see in the playoff, I don't know that those plays are going to be there. I don't know that Lamb's going to be able to take it and help him out like he did. But you know, hurt for all the talk about hurts. C.D. Lamb's as good as there is uh, in, in the country in terms of receiver. Yeah, he had an awful good game, no doubt about that. Uh, Alex Grinch has done uh, miracles with that Oklahoma defense. You know, we talk about the uh, passing coordinator uh, that Burrow has at LSU and Brady. I think this might be as good a coaching hire uh, because what a difference he's made since he's come yeah. over from Ohio State with that defense. Alex Grinch, who's still a young dude. I didn't realize that as, as, as young as he is. That was probably my biggest takeaway. Maybe right behind him 
would be just the egregious miss by the officials uh, in the overtime period uh, in in Waco when they gifted Waco um, possession uh, to start the overtime after they lost the coin flip. It was clearly a fumble. It was not an illegal snap. By the time that uh, Texas Tech landed back in labor, uh, in Lubbock, they had already had the apology from the conference in their email inbox. That was bad. But uh, Oklahoma-Texas was a fun football game. If you bet Texas, um, you feel pretty good today because yeah. <laughs> you probably uh, that probably wasn't going to go your way. Uh, Oklahoma, I thought, just dominated them on the football field. Bama, we'll start. Yeah, they're with... probably the best two loss team in the country right now. Until it was at LSU yeah. and Oklahoma by one score. So I mean, you know, excellent point. Or yeah, excellent point. Uh, let's go to the Big Ten. Thoughts on uh, on what you saw the Big Ten this weekend? Um. To me, there's really four teams. I mean, Wisconsin, to me, Wisconsin's the most physical team in the country. They just ran over Michigan State. And I know Michigan State is limited offensively. I get it. But we all thought they would hold up maybe defensively. And, and ultimately, maybe it was a lack of offense. Maybe they knew they weren't going to score. I don't know. But, man, they just Wisconsin just absolutely wore them down. Can your Gophers might be for real. Yeah. Um, and, and how fun would it be when you look at it November 30th, outdoors, wow. Minnesota, uh, you know, Wisconsin at Minnesota yep. for a, uh, you know, for a Big Ten West mm-hmm. championship. Uh, More than in, the axe on the line in that one, potentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think Penn State's the only challenger to Ohio State mm-hmm. in the East. I mean, I know, you know, Harbaugh just effusive about his offense. My God, it's against Illinois. Who cares? Uh, Nebraska's not nearly as good as I thought they would be in year two, and and I tell you something, we got to start talking about Wisconsin's got, I don't know, I think they go to Illinois this week. That game in two weeks at Ohio mm. State, man, holy Moses, that one's going to be good. And we got to start talking about Wisconsin as a, as a playoff team because they are legit. They're going to have a chance to prove it uh, against some really good competition. I mean, they got Iowa left, they got Minnesota. They got Ohio State. Um, I mean, they, I don't. I think they play Penn State. I'm not sure they play Penn State or not, but I mean, they're going to have. They're going to have a chance uh, to work themselves squarely into the playoff uh, conversation. Wisconsin has uh, Illinois this week at Ohio State, home to Iowa, at Nebraska, home to Purdue, at Minnesota. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what Nebraska good, is. Good Nebraska is to college football what Cleveland is to the NFL. There's a whole bunch of people out there with egg on their face, right? That's a good, yeah, great point because I picked them to win the West. I thought they'd be really good with Martinez and Scott Frost year two, and I don't know that they're any better anywhere last year. Yeah, and the Browns still have three primetime visits or two or three left. Uh, biggest takeaway, Trent? It has to be the Badgers. That dominating performance, what they've done defensively, four shutouts, in six games, I don't care who you're playing. That's incredibly impressive here. Physically manhandling Michigan State did not envision that kind of game happening. And even with the limitations, as Bama said, for Michigan State, the Badgers certainly good enough to win the West, good enough to win the Big Ten, and good mm-hmm. enough to be a college football playoff team. Uh, my uh, And I'm with you guys on both of those. I'll just throw this into the equation. Uh, Rutgers, again, shut out oh. this past weekend. Rutgers quarterback, uh, his name is Johnny Langan. He was five for thirteen for one yard through the air. <laughs> for one yard through the air. Yeah, how, how's this working out for the Big Ten? I mean, Ooh. It, it, oh my god! If only they had relegation, like yeah. even uh, in English mm-hmm. Premier League football. Because I mean, the Rutgers would be probably out of every conference. They're, they're just 
Oh my God, they're so bad. Yeah, but you got those New York eyeballs. My God, yeah, keep uh-huh. cashing them. Yeah, how checks. many of them? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. How many of them? Not a lot yeah. of them. Uh, Not Trent, many. We'll start with you, Trent. What'd you learn in the SEC? Uh, SEC, the Georgia, maybe that game against Notre Dame told us on both sides that it was just two pretty good teams going up against each other, not two great teams. But Georgia's not out of the playoff. Oh, no. They're not. Right? No. But their window of opportunity yeah. certainly is closed oh, a sure. lot more. And that kind of loss. It's not losing to a really good team. It's losing to an average team in that fashion. That's going to sting for a long time. I, I, I like this Georgia team coming in. Something's wrong. Something's off with mm-hmm. this team. Uh, your takeaway, Bama, on the SEC? Well, you know, listen, we're, I think it's just we're barreling toward the LSU-Alabama game. I don't think there's any question. Alabama has Tennessee this week, and then I think visit Arkansas maybe uh, before a bye week in LSU. I think LSU, they'll run over Mississippi State this week. I think they have Auburn coming in and then uh, the bye week ahead of Alabama. Look, this isn't going to be 9-6 like it was in 2011. No. It no. might be 45-40. to 40. It's going to be entertaining. Um Something's wrong with LSU's defense, guys. I mean, they've given up 28 points. And listen, I love the way that Trask played Saturday night. I mean, he Especially really in the first in half. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that is a limited team offensively. Yeah. You, you, you compare them to what LSU's going to face with Tua and those receivers. The running game for Alabama is getting better. The defensive ends are getting better. I thought Kellen Mond took a absolute pounding on Saturday, and to his credit, stood in and hung in and earned himself a lot of points with his teammates. But, I mean, we're, we're headed to that. And, and look, it's probably going to be Georgia and Florida for the East. And whereas before, you thought, well, okay, even if Florida were to upset them, you know, Georgia would have a margin for error. Um, they don't have a margin anymore because that game, those two teams are both going to probably come in with a loss. And whoever loses is then going to be two games ahead in the standings because they're going to they're going to be a game ahead with the tiebreaker. So uh and listen, give South Carolina all the credit. They lost Jake Bentley early in the year. They lose Holinsky in the game. They win that game, like you said, crazy decisions on both sides. Um going for a fifty eight yard field goal. I don't know what the hell he was thinking, but <laughs> really? his, team, his team bailed him out and we talked about their schedule. They had the number one, two, and three teams on their schedule, and they just knocked off number three. So give South Carolina a ton of credit for staying in the fight. Can Missouri guys, and they still, the back-to-back weeks, they get at Georgia home to Florida. I mean, Missouri still has, you know, everything's in front of them, right? Um, Bama, can Missouri hang hang in there? If if they get Kelly Bryant back and healthy, I think they can. That's a, And that's a tough place to play. I don't know why it gives teams trouble but it does it's like morgantown and a great win by iowa state by the way yeah kind of skipped over that but for whatever reason i don't know if it's the travel or what but that's a tough place i mean florida doesn't play well there i think georgia's struggled there in the past i mean it yes if kelly bryant your chance to win a thousand dollars in this nationwide contest Scott Dockerman joins the program next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller. 
Brandon, take you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Murphy and Fanatics today at 4 if you're looking for the Cardinals, or more importantly, if you're looking to listen to the Cardinals, if you can't be in front of a TV. Cardinal baseball tonight, but joined in progress immediately following the Iowa State Coaches uh, show, which gets underway at 6.30 and goes until 8. We will join the uh, the Cardinals as soon as uh, they end that program. Let's get Scott Dockerman in here from The Athletic. Uh, he's been busy writing this week. Uh, did a little basketball as well. Doc? Trenton Ken, thanks for coming on, Scott Dockerman. How are you? You know what? It's a beautiful Monday, and uh, it's still Monday, so everything is well here in Eastern Iowa. That a boy. Well, uh, everything wasn't well at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday night, in particular the defense, the offense, or the offense rather. The defense, Doc, for the second straight week, did everything needed of a football team to give them a chance to win. It didn't happen. Defense, Phil Parker's bunch continues uh, to play at a very high level. Yeah, you want to look at that bright side of things for Iowa. It, it certainly was their their defensive effort. I mean, it was against a team that averaged 47 points a game to hold them to 17. And, uh, you know, and really 10 of those points came after turnovers in, in their own back end. I mean, you know, really, you know, I, I think you can nitpick a little bit on the, some of the, say, the the rushing numbers. But overall, I, I mean, if you're going to hold Penn State to 17 at home, you should win that game, and I think that was a winning effort by the defense. It has been both weeks, and uh, other than, you know, again, you can kind of pick here and there on certain things, but overall, it's it, you know, it was quite a performance for the defense. Offensively, this team still struggles to run the football against good opponents. It's a conversation we had a lot last season. When you look at the running game, are there any in-season fixes against good defense? I mean, Purdue is really banged up. They might be able to run the football this weekend or against in Illinois, but against good teams, how does Iowa find a way to run the football? You know, there, there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of nuance there. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, let's, you know, Penn State, you know, before we, we go too far into Iowa being negative, I and mean, Penn State entered the country allowing 1.5 yards per carry rushing. So they were, that was number one in the country. So to even get 2.3, wasn't horrible, but uh, but other than, but then when you look a little bit deeper, um, Iowa has had some issues when it comes to um, you know when its zone blocking scheme just kind of matched up, and a lot of that is guard play right now. And and I know you hate to single anybody out in a college football um, it's you know, true. game, but 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 really they need to make some changes there. And you know I thought Mark Kallenberger stepping in, you know he was really good in pass protection. He struggled a lot against you know in, in running the football, but I think there's something there. I think he's going to be a good player. Um, at the other guard spot right now, I would probably look at Cody Entz played, you know, close to 20 snaps, uh, looked good at times, not so good at other times. He went up against a really good player. You know, Windsor is, is a, you know, an NFL caliber mm. player, so that's a tough spot. But I would kind of go with either, you know, redshirt freshman Cody Entz and maybe freshman uh, Justin Britt right now and just kind of turn that page and, and see what happens, at least until Kyler Schott gets back from his injury, because losing Cole Banwert really, you know, really cost him. He hasn't really been healthy all year, played a couple of games, and then got banged up and then tore his ACL. So he's in, uh, so, you know, they've, they've got to find some, you know, a little bit better production out of that position group. Yeah. And Banwert did what? At practice was, is that, uh, do, do we know, get any clarity on actually how the season ending injury happened? Yeah, it was a practice, mm-hmm. and, and I believe what I, was told it was an ACL, so mm. uh, but he's out for the season. There's no coming back. So 
Uh, really, you know, an unfortunate end for him. He's he's really had an injury plagued career. He's he's had, had some talent, if nothing else. He's a stable guard, and and right now I think that position is not playing even at stable levels. So uh, I think you know a lot of I think five out of the ten sacks has come, have come against the guards directly, and then a lot of the the running blow up plays, negative yardage plays, or you know one yard gains have, have come because uh, of guards missing their blocks so that that really does hurt Iowa at that position doc was there anything said um, and I know you get you don't get access to the officials sometimes there's a, a pool reporter I'm not even sure that's the case uh, in in college football but um, where I'm going is the overturned touchdown the Penn State well, clearly scored um, I don't know how they took it off the board, Doc. I really didn't. Look at it at the time. It did forced them that Iowa, uh, thanks to a couple of penalties, was able to, uh, you know, to, to hold them to a field goal, if you will. But at the same time, replay supposed to be there, hopefully to get things right. I'm not sure they did in this case. I agree with you. And it really caused kind of an uproar in the, in the press box because a lot of the Penn State media wanted to get clarity from the official after the game. And uh, what was denied access, and uh, because uh, it was on the grounds that it was a judgment call, it wasn't specific. So wow. even though, it, yeah, it was a judgment call because everybody wanted to know why you overturned it, right? And yet we didn't have access to the official to just to go through that play. And I think, I think there needs to be more accountability and transparency in, in officiating as a whole. The NFL has, has gone completely in the toilet uh, because of the officiating issues and, and plays like this. You want to know why. What did you see that maybe we weren't able to see? Because sometimes they get at the advantage of a different kind of angle, you know, through replay that, you know, the, the fans don't get to see or, or whatever. So if you saw something, say it. You know, instead, you know, just saying, well, we're the official, we don't have to, it really, it really clouds the game up. And, yeah, I, think, I agree. I thought it was a touchdown. I don't think at minimum it should have been played, you know, stands. Stands, right. Uh, you know, let alone being overturned. So, linebacker spot an injury. Christian Welch went out. We saw one of the youngsters as Doyle came in for him. And, and from there, felt like Penn State was working, found something in that run game with the zone read that they were able to exploit throughout the second half. Yeah, it was, it was one of those issues where, you know, if there is a spot on the defense that I think, I think the, the defensive line has played really well, even though you look at pass rush numbers and you go, well, it's not that good. But then you look across the board at their numbers and it's, been fantastic and i think the secondary has played really well and that was shown the other day and i'm not sure linebacker has made that same kind of progression and then without christian welch you know Dylan doyle's a new guy he's young he's, he's a redshirt freshman i think he'll be good in time uh but you know going against a good team like penn state let's face it they're number seven in the country for a reason yeah. i think i only have them really down for one more loss one loss this year and that's ohio state uh so you've got to be good on everything and then that last run that noah kane was able to squeeze through um, the line had him jammed up. He was able to find a little bit of an opening, and, and neither inside linebacker was able to get there and make the play. And that really that, that ended the game effectively for Iowa because otherwise Iowa would have gotten the ball back with no timeouts, but with two minutes remaining, probably somewhere on their own 40. Uh, halfway through the season, how would you uh, characterize uh, Nate Stanley's season? I'm probably a little higher on Nate Stanley than most people. I, I, you know, I mean, it's always pretty knee-jerk when it comes to quarterbacks. I think he's uh, performed admirably. I think he's had some throws that he'd want back, but every quarterback does. I, I like the way he played the other day. He missed a couple of throws, but not many. I think he, he brought something different. It's just when you look at the 
you look at the offense as a whole, it's just they get something going and then it stops. And, and they got to figure out that next step, that counterpunch, because that's what's the difference between, uh, you know, being ranked number eight in the country, for instance, and 23rd and being six and oh versus four and two. And, and whether that's in the running game, whether that's just a, a player short up front or, you know, allowing Stanley to do something different. Uh, but I do think he's playing well. Uh, to the contrary, most Iowa fans who think he sucks now. <laughs> and there's plenty of those people out there, no doubt. So is Purdue this week coming in for homecoming? The Boilermakers have been injury-plagued throughout the season. I saw uh, this morning Rondell Moore still expected to be out this week for Purdue. With that, Brown, the last couple of seasons, he's coached circles around the coaching staff and the way that he has schemed and game-planned against Iowa. I was a big favorite in this one. Should people still be nervous, though? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a team that uh, that exploits weaknesses. And one thing about Jeff Brom that I really grew to like over time is he will continuously go after you, especially in the long long ball. Uh, he's done that with Iowa. He's gotten some man matchups that they liked, they exploited it, and they went after it over and over and over again the last two years. And you know, and now you got a freshman quarterback uh, from Arizona. That sounds familiar to people in Central mm. Iowa. Uh, and he's been really good. <laughs> you know, 420 yards last week against Maryland and, you know, completed 80% of his passes. Gee, that sounds familiar, too. <laughs> now he, uh, uh, but they do have some explosive playmakers, yep, including David Bell, a guy everybody remembers yep. from last year. So, so I do think there's some, some issues there that Iowa has to correct, has to get to the quarterback a little bit more often. But across the board, I mean, this is a matchup Iowa should not only win, but should kind of make a slump buster. I mean, should win by two to three touchdowns at least. Yeah, I'm with you, Doc. Uh, Iowa should win the football game. Their tight end, Hopkins, had by far his best game. I think he's a senior. Uh, had his best game of the season this past weekend. You fought, you identified the right guy uh, in David Bell, who's now, since since Moore is out of the lineup, uh, is their best playmaker. So last thing for me, Doc, help me out with the Big Ten West. I mean, we know Wisconsin seems to be on one level. Minnesota's still unbeaten, and they kicked the crap out of Nebraska at every facet of the football game on Saturday night. Where are you? A Big Ten West, after Wisconsin, it's whom? It's either Iowa or Minnesota. And let's face it, Minnesota's 6-0, and uh, but Iowa would be 6-0 and playing the teams that Minnesota has. So, you know, is it a product of the schedule or that they're good? You know what? I think they're pretty good. They're getting I, better. I, you know, I've, they've won some games that they've, you know, close games, and they've grown confidently out of that. They've got some great skill players. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense is pretty good, and they're running the football with effectiveness. So I think it's going to come down probably for the, that Iowa-Minnesota game in mid-November as to who's the second-best team in the West. And uh, right now nobody really looks like they can challenge uh, Wisconsin in the West, at least uh, you know for four quarters. I think Iowa can compete with them for a while, but it has to get short up because they'll exploit those uh, matchups that right now Iowa seems to be losing, and that's at guard. Um, you know, on the offensive line. Yeah, Minnesota, I'll say this about in the first couple of weeks, their offensive line was a liability. Uh, it's coming along. It's, it's gotten a lot better. They're playing uh, uh, like a unit. And that, to me, was it jumped off the TV just how poor the Gophers' offensive line was. They thought if they could figure that out, and I think they have, uh, then they're, look, they're not on Wisconsin's level, but I'm with you, Doc. Nobody is. We appreciate you coming on, Scott Dockerman. We will talk to you after Purdue and in advance of Northwestern one week from today. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. We continue to read you at The Athletic. Appreciate it.
right. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yep. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Our final timeout, Mr. Monday Night, is sitting in the wings. He's due. Give us your record, Mr. Monday Night. Two and four. Two and four. But overall, though, you had another winning week, right? I did. 23 and 12 against the number on our Friday picks. Take that, Chris Williams. How did he do this week, you know? I'd probably get clubbed again. Well, we saw that. I mean, he saw that coming after last year. He did. We will uh, take a timeout, come back, and finish the program. Mr. Monday Night will opine. Cardinals have to win this one tonight. If you're a Cardinal radio fan, uh, you, meaning you want to listen to the game on the radio, you can, but it won't get it until uh, we get finished with the Iowa State Coaches Show that airs from 6.30 until 8. At that time, we will join the Cardinals and the Nationals. I'll already in progress. Back to finish it up. Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. Boy, this is as good a bump for a sporting, long-time sports television program. It's a beauty. Ah, it really and truly is. Mr. Monday Night Momentarily. Miller and Condon, a few minutes left in the program. Appreciate you being with us. If you miss any portion of it, kxno.com. I did not see, do we have a winner for the Purdue tickets announced yet? Didn't see an email come in yet. Did not, but if not, we will get it today. The uh, tickets will be emailed to the winner. Don't have to come down here and pick them up. 29, uh, the total points. Somebody had to, yeah, somebody had to. After it. last week in the, in the Michigan total points that we saw of 13. Somebody had to go low. Uh, we've got one set of tickets left to give away. That's the Minnesota game coming up uh, in the middle of November. So, mm-hmm. well, we what's the game before that? Wisconsin, right? Yes. So we'll use Wisconsin for that one, but we've got uh, a month or so uh, before we give those away. All right, Mr. Monday Night in a second, but let's do this first of all. It's crazy. It's Monday. We just had a weekend of, of NFL football. Haven't said hardly a peep right. about the NFL. Uh, only one. Biggest, only one. Just one. Your biggest takeaway from the NFL this past week. Week six was what? I, it's very much like college and what I've talked about today with Oklahoma and becoming a bigger believer. It's the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. I thought that this was a perfect spot for the Rams. Back home, had an extra time to prepare, Monday night game for the 49ers, and the Rams get 165 yards mm-hmm. of offense. They go. Gurley didn't play, correct? He didn't. Right. But 0 of 9 on third Oof. down, 0 of 4 on third down, a combined, a fourth down, a combined 0 of 13 on third and fourth down out of that Rams. That 49 defense, 49er defense is legit. This team's good enough to do some big things. My biggest takeaway from week six, Trent. The San Francisco 49ers. Oh, really? It really exact was. Same spot. Yeah, yeah, exact same spot. They've got a defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can run the football. They've got a couple of really good running backs. George Kittle is a freak. He's the best tight end in the game, according to Rob Gronkowski, not to Ken Miller and Trent Condon. According to Rob Gronkowski, uh, George Kittle is the best uh, tight end in, in the game. Yeah, they're, they're legit. No doubt about this. Uh, no doubt about that. All right, we only said one, so I'm, not, I'm going to stick to that. All right, we'll get plenty we, more NFL tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully Vinny Iyer... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. He's going to join us. I was thinking about saving Vinny for another week since he's a Northwestern grad. Who's North? Oh, Monday, Friday night, Northwestern Ohio State. Oh yeah, what's the number in that? Got to be huge. Games, uh, games in Evanston. What I'm going to say, twenty, twenty four, twenty seven and a half is where I jumped. Let's see if I can pull it up here. We'll see if they got the Friday night. 
27 and a half. 27 and a half. It's like I do this every day or something, huh? Yeah. um, It opened at 26 and a half. Early line move. Mm. What about what about the, the Iowa and Iowa State movement on those two lines? Any? Uh, let's scroll through here. Iowa open seventeen and a half now. Eighteen and a half. What the hell am I missing? I do not know. For Iowa State, they open what seven? I want to say. And I thought I saw a six earlier this morning. I got to scroll through here. I'm not sure of the number. Too early in the week to know what number every game is. I normally have that down by the end of the week. Open at five, six and a half. Is the number uh, currently that I'm seeing popping here? That's game uh, 401, 402. Yeah, that one makes you think a little bit. It does, uh, as opposed to the Iowa Purdue line. I Iowa... would grab the points right now in both if I had to make. Well, a bet I certainly right would. I certainly wouldn't the Big Ten tilt. Pet, impressed by Jet Duffy. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. looked a lot better than the last couple of years when he's had to come in. Yep, and he's uh, really struggled at times. All also, right, Mister Monday Night, do your thing. We're running out of we're running out of program. You're two and four on Monday Night. Yes. get better, would you please? I will try my best. You talked me out of my pick last week, or what? I got don't back be to blaming me. Well, I'm going right back to the well with this Detroit team. There's something there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. They're special defensively. Mm-hmm. Slay's going to be back on the outside. Packers going to be without good receiver. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust the rest of that receiving core enough. This thing's in the fourth quarter. This is a field goal game, and I'm getting four. I'm taking the Lions. And two good kickers, too. Two good kickers. Prater's all of a kicker. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, God, I can't think of his name. Play at Colorado. Oh, my God. Mason Four, Crosby. Mason Crosby. Thank you. Uh, he's had a hell of a career. Coming to the end, but uh, he's had a hell of a career. Lions plus four, Mr. Monday Night, ready for there another There you lock. go. Wait no longer. Have to wait a couple of hours for Murph and Andy. They'll be along at two o'clock. I'll at... be with them today. Oh, you will? Yeah, I'm gonna be running. Where's things. AD? Sick kid. Sick kid. That's never fun. Well, uh, Murph and Andy at two. Uh, the fanatics at four. Morning rush will start a Tuesday at six a.m. Thanks for being here. We're Miller and Condon, ten to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX.